All right, let me get started. All right, guys, how's everybody doing? Um, we're doing the podcast that we missed last weekend because something came up. But um, we're here this weekend, and what we're doing, we're doing, like, I guess you call it a client spotlight or whatever, where we got Lindsay on here, and she's been with me. When did we start? Like uh, two, three months ago? Like the end of April. End of April, okay. And so far since then, you've dropped almost to the 40-pound mark. Like you said, 37 pounds? Yes. Okay, and uh, so go ahead, just to get everybody up to speed, uh, talk about what, what was the original problem, why you came in to see me, you know, because um, I know you had mentioned something about some thyroid trouble while we, we first had our consultation, but if you want, you can go into more detail, just introduce yourself and talk more about that, and then we'll get into some other stuff. Okay, well, hi, I'm Lindsay. Um, I started the program at the end of April because I had been going to the doctors for a couple years. Um, they kept treating me for um, an underactive thyroid, but nothing was working. I couldn't lose weight. I had done boot camp on island for over a year, and I lost five pounds like over the entire year. And so I thought, something has to give because I have to be able to lose weight to fix my thyroid and my high blood pressure. And it just felt gross all the time. Um, I've got four kids, so I thought I never had the time to do any of this. Um, and then I saw an ad and I thought, well, I mean, it can't hurt. Like I've tried everything else. Why not? And, um, and then I met with you, we went over a diet and, um, and now here I am, three and a half months, four months later. And have you have you had your thyroid checked since we got started? Yeah, so I had my thyroid checked about three weeks ago. And um, I know people probably won't know numbers, but a good, like the bottom level that you can have is an eight for it to be like a good productive um, thyroid. And mine was at seven. And then I had it checked in June. It was at 7.7. .7, and I had it checked a couple weeks ago, and it's at 8.2. So now my thyroid is, like, normal functioning. And my blood pressure has also gone to, like, normal BP. Okay. And you didn't, they, they didn't put you on any thyroid or blood pressure medication, did they? No, nothing. Okay. It was just all diet and exercise. Okay. So that's um, a lot of people... Even uh, when they go see the doctors, they, they rely a lot on the medication to fix stuff. When I always tell people there's a lot of preventive, I call it preventive medicine in food. If you, if you eat and train properly, your body can, it can prevent things from happening, but it can also fix a few things, especially when you incorporate like the omega fats like we do with the omega lies. Um, that definitely helps with heart, heart, uh, heart issues, blood pressure, cholesterol, things like that. And, of course, when you first came to me, I explained how the thyroid can be controlled by carbohydrate intake because um, even when I put people on a keto diet, I'll make them do high carbs once a week because if they don't, the thyroid starts slowing down. So we kept your diet pretty much uh, balanced, I guess we would say. We never really went low carb or anything like that. We just kept everything kind of, you know, because um, I'm big on reacting according to how your body's reacting to things. But I made sure I kept plenty of everything in there so your thyroid can come back up to speed, which happened. And, you know, even the last check-in, when your weight stayed the same, I could see a good difference in the photos. So 
I mean, the, the scale says almost scale says 37 pounds, but you know, when I post the photos with this, you can see the change is pretty dramatic. Yeah. You know, I, I have four kids. My oldest one is 15 and I was it's like a size five, six before I had him. And then I went up by the time I was done with my last baby, I was at an 18 and now I'm down to like a 12, 14. And that's the smallest I've been since I started having kids. Wow. Yeah. So it's, even though the scale might not show as much, like when I have to keep going out and swapping out clothes because nothing fits me anymore. It's pretty nice. But how's the hat now when you have issues with, the weight not changing on the scale, one thing I always tell people, look at some gym performance. You know, how's, you know, when you first started, kind of talk about how you first started in the gym because you did online. We didn't do any in-person stuff. So you were on my phone app with the videos that showed you how to do everything and, and then the right. Facebook group and all the webcam training stuff that I do. So how was, um, I guess, talk about how your form and performance was at the beginning towards now. Like, you know, you feel like your performance and your strength has went up. You feel better with the weights. You feel more like you can isolate the muscle better. Yes to everything you just said. Um, when I first went into the gym, I was really um, self-conscious. I didn't, even though I watched the videos and I would ask you and you would reply right away, even when I was still in the gym and tell me, you know, like, this is how you do it. This is how you don't do it. This is what you're supposed to be doing. I still felt like everybody was just staring at me because I, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. So that was like the first roadblock that I had to get over. And then once I realized that everybody else was just minding their own business, I was able to like fix my form. Um, I would watch your videos again and then even the videos that you post of you training other people i watch those too because sometimes you give little extra hints and stuff um about like like when i started doing the leg presses in the machine you have me start with my feet like apart and then to isolate different muscles now we do i do apart and together um, just little things like that that have changed. And then I can see, I can feel the different muscles in my legs. So after, I'd say maybe after about two months, I could tell like, oh, I didn't do that right. Because I could feel it when I was done. And I could think like, okay, I did not feel that where I was supposed to feel it. Or like I can tell now in the gym when I'm doing something wrong or when I'm not doing it enough. Like when I started with the leg press, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. So I started at 50 pounds and it was hard. It was hard for me. And I thought I was doing things. And now I can comfortably do finish out my sets at like 190. And then if I push myself on that last set, I can do a full set of like 210. Um, so, I mean, the weights have just, it's crazy what your body can do if you just let it. The, the thing that I noticed you said all that, the one thing that stood out was about knowing you start learning what muscles are supposed to be hit because I teach people as you get, it's like once your, once your nerve impulses get, uh, those signals get used more, you start triggering the muscle more, those impulses get stronger. And you start getting that mind-muscle connection a lot better. 
it's like you're no longer reaching around in the dark and you know, okay, this is what it feels like to stimulate this muscle. So if I do exercises for this muscle, this is what I'm looking for. And that'll completely open the door and just change your world in the gym because now you're not just throwing stuff around and hoping for the best. You exactly know what you're doing. And that comes through getting those muscles to fire and getting those nerve impulses to get stronger so that you can connect to the muscle better. Yeah, and I can see too, like now when I'm working out, I always thought that people would just watch themselves in the mirror because they wanted to like look at themselves in the mirror. But now when I'm doing the weights and stuff, I'll go in front of the mirror so that I can see like, okay, that's supposed to move, but it's not moving. So let me, you know, rotate just a little bit, move my arm a different way so that I can see that I'm doing it right. Perfect. Perfect. Um she was going to ask. Oh, and what you were saying about being self-conscious in the gym. One thing I tell people is when you go in the gym and you're worried about people watching you or whatever, you know, go on social media and search that gym and you're going to realize all those people are too busy posting pictures of themselves to worry about what you're doing. <laughs> it's so true. It's really you're true. Gonna, all those same people like, oh, these are the guys that, you know, I thought were looking at me. They're all taking pictures of themselves. And you realize nobody even knows you're in there. So it's not even a big of a deal. Yes, um, very true. Ahead. Now the most annoying thing in the gym is when I have to wait for people to finish taking their selfies on the machine so that I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that depends on what gym you go to. Some gyms you have to put up with that. Other ones have etiquette. Like they won't take up the machine and they'll let you work out in between when they're not using it and stuff. But, you know, you, you do have some, you have some ball hogs in some gyms. Yes. Um. Let's see, Mary, ask uh, me and Mary, I put in a few questions to ask just because I want to talk, I want to see the, your perspective on going through this process and some stuff on, uh, Mary, you can go ahead and ask first. Okay, so um, I only had a few questions. You kind of went into part of it already. Um, I just had, um, if you've ever had any or tried any fad diets, and if we did, how does it compare to the program that you're under with Hodge at the moment? So, yes, I tried a couple fad diets. I tried um, intermittent fasting when that came out. Obviously, that didn't work because I was always hungry. Um, okay. But my husband was doing that before he deployed, and it worked. It seemed whatever he was doing was working for him. But then I realized it's just not working for me at all. Mm -hmm. And... Um, when we lived in Japan, they were doing, um, uh, what was it called? There was a big diet that was really popular and you would order the food monthly and they would send you the food in a box. It's not Weight Watchers, but it's really similar. And they would send you like bars and soups and stuff like that. And you could have like five, you pick five a day or however many. And um, I lost a little bit of weight, but then as soon as I stopped doing that, I gained it all back plus some. And um, what do you think after being in the – because I have a closed VIP group in Facebook for all my clients that I do – for people listening, I do video trainings and stuff on this kind of stuff. So I'll ask, seeing some of those videos and stuff, Lindsay, why do you think was the reason why you would lose a little weight and then gain it right back? Um, well, because my body would freak out, it would go into like such a calorie deficit 
and I would lose weight and then it would mess up my metabolism. And then when I would go back to eating like a normal person, my body wouldn't like know what to do with it was my takeaway from yeah, it. Yeah, that's actually pretty, pretty close. Yeah, when you do the, because you know, I've done a lot of videos on the minor deficit versus the huge deficit and your body sees that as, you got to remember your body's programmed to survive. So if you do anything that's going to put it in a, in a bad situation, it's going to compensate. So if you go in a huge deficit, your metabolism is going to slow down, which over a long period of time could explain the thyroid issue. Especially, you know, it, it could have, um, not saying it did, but, and then when you go back, okay, well, I lost 10, 20 pounds. I feel good. And you go back to eating normal. Now, what used to be a normal amount of food is not too much food and you have to store it. So uh, you're, you're, you're pretty much dead on. That's, that's perfect. And that's why, I don't know, I'm sure you've noticed like when we've been, if we've done anything, we've increased food over the time. I feel like I've eaten more since I've started this program than I've eaten <laughs> in years. Like I feel not to the point to where I feel like I'm always eating, but I do kind of feel like I'm always eating a little bit. Like, because when you're overweight and you're trying to manage it, you think, like, okay, I should only have a small portion of this and a small portion of this and only a couple times a day. Um, and then after you spaced out my meals and told me how much to eat and when to eat, I realized that I was just hurting myself when I was trying to not um, eat, basically. Yeah, the majority of people aren't even at their baseline metabolism. So one thing I notice when people first start out with me is they talk about how good they feel when they finally hit their maximum amount of numbers, like for their baseline. And I'm like, you know, that's, this is not great. This is normal. This is what you should be feeling like all the time. It's just people under eat so much that they feel like crap and they think feeling like crap is the normal. And then, um, another thing, once you get to where you're happy with how you look, you can maintain it and, kind of eat a little bit more loose like if you only eat like four times a day or eat here and there you can maintain it but because people get on that like oh, i'm doing this for the rest of my life not necessarily i mean you can look at some of the bodybuilders that have retired they're still i mean they eat not even half of what they used to eat and they're still pretty big size not as big as they were but compared to a normal person they're pretty awesome looking so you know you can maintain what you have and be a little loose and go out to eat once a week and won't kill you maybe have fewer bigger meals here and there just so you don't have to eat all the time like i understand that but when you're trying to get from point a to point b you know they say the fastest point there's a straight line so i give you guys like this is the maximum if you follow this to the t the best way you're going to get there and then we work off of that now, i know it's, it's hard for people with everyday lives but one thing i have seen especially in your case is that if you're determined to do it you'll find a way to do it yeah, it's totally worth it. And anything that might be a little inconvenient or just a little bit annoying or whatever, it's totally worth it when you have somebody walk up to you that you haven't seen in a month and they're like, wow, you look amazing. Or when you just like feel, I feel better. I'm not tired all the time. I'm not always grumpy. Like it's totally all the little inconveniences and annoyances are completely worth it. And if you didn't have annoyances and inconveniences with that, you would have it with something else in life. Because one thing I learned probably at the beginning of this year when I started trying to get things going was like no matter how good you're doing, there's always problems. And that's just how life is. And the more successful you're going to be determines on how good of a troubleshooter you are. 
the more issues, like as soon as you fix one problem, another one comes up. As soon as you fix that, another one comes up. That's life. And right. you're never going to go through life and not have any problems to solve. So if you have that mentality, you can get through it a lot better. Like, like I said, if you weren't dieting, it would be, you know, you had a flat tire or, you know, you were late for school. Something would be an inconvenience at some point. So it's just um, because it's something new and it's something what people aren't used to doing. They assume that they can't or, oh, I wasn't meant to do this. And they fall right back into their old habits. Yeah, no, it's it's totally worth it. And sometimes when people ask, you know, like, or they say that they can't do it or whatever, I'm like, okay, I have four kids. I'm going to college and my husband's deployed and I still make time for it. So, like, how can you not make time for it? You just have to make time for yourself. It's like self-maintenance, you know? Yeah, and, and when you would you would switch your training times because your schedule would get hectic, you'd message me and be like, hey, do I need to move any food around? Do I need to eat this meal at this time? And we would fix it, and you'd go right on. It was like you never lost a step. Yeah, no, sometimes I have to switch gyms. I have to switch times. I have to switch around meals, or I have to switch around, like, class schedules. But I feel really bad if I have to switch around because I feel almost like I'm cheating myself of something that, like, I deserve and need to do. Yeah, so you're – I, I noticed you're naturally a good troubleshooter, and that's – if I had uh, – I was thinking about this the other day when I was talking to someone. If I had to classify a specific – because I train people for all kinds of stuff. If I had to classify something specific, I'm a troubleshooting type of person because I get people, like in your case, that have tried stuff and it doesn't work and they don't know why they can't lose weight like everybody else, and we have to go in and go through the process and troubleshoot steps. Mary is another example. She would either get super skinny – or she would be overweight or something. She never would hit that nice medium or that perfect physique. And every time we do it, we find a variable and we get it out of the way and she looks better and better and better each time. So, and yeah, it takes a little longer, but you start seeing that there's some issues some people have that others don't. And instead of quitting, we go through and troubleshoot and find them. So that's, um, you naturally having that mindset is, is puts you so far ahead of other people. Okay. A lot of people just quit. As soon as life gets hard, they quit. As soon as, well, I can't go to the gym today because I had class this time. Like, dude, just suck it up and go a little later and just go home and go to bed. You know, I mean, that way you're not stretching it out to the weekends and all this stuff and having all this stuff filled up. Like, the more, granted, we have important stuff. We have priorities. I get it. But the more strict you stick to everything, the sooner the shit will be over and you can go back to like a little maintenance phase and not be so bad. But if you try to do that laid back maintenance phase now, like you're not going to get anywhere. You're just, it's best just to get strict and get it over with. Yeah, I'm definitely not in maintenance or anywhere close. I'm, I've lost a lot, but I'm not. My original goal when I came to you was to lose 20 pounds because yeah. I had only lost five of them that entire year. And I still thought that 20 was really pushing it. So now that I lost 40, my sister was here and she said, well, that's great. You're good. And I thought, mm, no, my goal is <laughs> now my goal is to like double it. I want to be, I want to be back to my original size where I was comfortable at before I started having kids. It's I know crazy. I'm not be the it, before I started having kids, but I know that I can make it down to like a normal size. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, 
that as soon as as soon as you see that light at the end of the tunnel, some people just want to go. And I'm like, you know what? If I can do this, I want to know how much further I can push. And if you're getting that mindset, you're going to be you're going to do very well because um, it does it does change your motivation when you have a light at the end of the tunnel and you're like, oh shit, I can actually get this much done. Then all those doubts and stuff go away, and you start you go from am I going to get there to like, okay, I wonder how much I can do. How challenge yourself? What can I get done? It does. It changes your mindset. That's exactly it. And now I think I messaged you about it last week. Now when I look at myself, I don't think like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? I think like, okay, that specific one thing. I see that 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 thing is a problem area now. So how can I attack that one thing? If that makes sense. Like I feel more confident now that I have the ability to focus on what I want to change and to actually change it. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You can get more of detailed and critique because now you know you're capable of doing about whatever you work towards. Like as I see it, I see what you're saying. Right. Um, now, let's see, I think you already answered this. What was the biggest change you had to make in order to get this to work? What was when you first started on the program, Compared to your normal everyday life, to your routine now, what do you think was the biggest hurdle, biggest change you had to make? Um, well, the biggest challenge was going to the gym and getting in the gym and getting over my fear of being in there and kind of not knowing what I was doing and what's going on. Um, that was the biggest change because I didn't do any of that before. I, after I stopped boot camp, I kind of let it fall away. So making time to do that was the biggest hurdle. And that took about maybe a month until I was in a comfortable routine where I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to go where it wasn't a second thought where I didn't say, Oh, I have to go. Um, but as far as, so that was like the biggest thing, but the next biggest thing was when you have a bunch of kids at the house, when you feed them, you just eat when they eat and you eat what they eat or you drive yourself crazy trying to make food for every single person. And that's just not practical. So learning how to meal prep and to make sure that I was covered, like you always try to cover your kids before you take care of yourself. That's what you do as a parent. But yeah. when you're meal prepping, you have to make sure that you're covered because if not, then you're going to be like, Oh, well, I don't have anything made. I can just have some of their macaroni and cheese, which you can't do. But at the time you'll find a way to justify it. Oh yeah. It's so, it's so <laughs> easy. Oh, I'm so hungry. I need to eat right now. So that's what I did. So now every like three days, I just, <clears throat> I have two pressure cookers. I just set the pressure cookers on. I do a bunch of rice, I do a bunch of ground turkey, I do a bunch of chicken, I just portion it out, and that way I know that I'm covered and I'm good to go. What um, What do you think was the easiest part? Um, the easiest part was timing it at first, which sounds completely against what I just said. But um, I was staying at home in the beginning. So timing each meal out, I had time to stop and eat when I needed to eat. So that was the easiest part for me was to actually, if I had it made, to just go ahead and sit down and take five minutes 
to, you know, warm it up and eat or whatever, or to take it with me when I would go, you know, shopping or whatever, to just make sure that I had something with me. Okay. Mary, you got another one? Oh, um, well, it just goes back to what you were saying about your first original goal when you um, sought out dead. Um, this, how, how did you feel or how did you react to um, reaching your first goal prior to what timeline or deadline you set out for yourself? You know, because I know, I know I felt good when I reached my deadline prior to what we had originally planned. So I just wanted to know what your input was with how you felt once you reached that first goal prior to your three month deadline. So, so it, this is going to sound kind of pitiful, but it was like Christmas. Like I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited and nobody was here. It was just me and the kids. So I called everybody, I called my dad, I called my sister, I called my husband. I was like, you won't believe it. It's only been two months and I already hit my original goal. And it was just nice. And seeing the scale go down every week and seeing my size go down, it just makes me want to try harder and see, you know, how far I can go. But yeah, um, it was super exciting. <laughs> you know, there's a, a lot, a lot of people, if they go and try something for a year and don't get anywhere, they usually say screw it at that point and they won't try anymore. And even in situations that myself and Mary, some of us have been, there's been parts where you get stuck and you don't know how to even start getting it to come off. And, you know, and it just goes back to the whole cheesy cliche of not quitting. Cause I mean, if you keep trying hard enough, you will eventually find it may, it may take longer, but you know, but look at in your case, when you found it, it started working like double time. So like you made up all that time that you spent trying all kinds of other stuff. So it's not like you really lost a lot of time. You were ruling out what didn't work. And then when you found what it did, it just started happening. And some people don't realize that. They think as soon as they start something, they should start seeing stuff go on. And not everybody's like that. Not everybody's body's like that. And that doesn't mean that if once you do find what works, you have to restart and it's go slower. No, I mean, it can catch up. It's just you have to find. You can't stop looking. You can't stop trying. Because when you do find it, you will end up catching up with everybody else if not surpassing them. So, and mostly because one of the reasons will be because you know how hard, how much hard work and time you put into it will probably motivate you past everybody else. But, you know, this is a good example to show that if you keep trying, keep pushing, like when you find it, all that time can be made up and you can really make some, some leaps and bounds. Yeah. And I think it's also important for me to just throw in there, like, I think that the boot camp was, it was worth it because it got my heart rate up, it made me feel better about myself, but um, it worked for a lot of people. So that's awesome that it worked for them. The trainers were great. It, it was great, but it just didn't work for me. And I was scared to do the weights at first because I thought like, how is that gonna help me lose weight? So when I came into it, I thought, okay, well this is, I mean, clearly what I'm doing is not working. So let me see what I can do. So like the boot camp and the group exercise classes, those are fantastic for a lot of people, just not for me. Yeah, it not not it if there was one thing that worked for everybody, then there would be a book that you would just go buy and everybody would be happy. 
but there isn't because there's so many different trainers out there because they all have their own systems which work for certain types of people and that's just how it is and um that's sometimes you get caught in this series of events where you ha you just happen to start with 10 methods that didn't work instead of finding that one that did in the beginning so and it just you know and you learn stuff through each process like every time you fail you still learn something to apply to the next time so it's not really like you're wasting any time it's just um sometimes the process of elimination just sucks more for some people than it does others but yeah. the values and stuff are still there and the results are still there in the end so i don't i mean it, it in a way it's worth it but in a way i mean i also would be realistic and say yeah sometimes it sucks to go through all that but when you find it it's worth it yeah totally now going through this for this period of time do you feel um do you feel more comfortable in being able to maintain or to keep making progress now do you feel like you have a better knowledge base for how your body works and how the dieting works and how the food works um and if you do like how does it contradict to what you used to believe before i know we talked about that a little bit but i i want to i want to ask if your confidence in being able to make proper food decisions and and your knowledge base on how all this stuff works for your body do you feel, do you feel confident it's a lot better now than it was when you first started oh yeah definitely when i first started i thought that i was going to be put on a really low carb diet high protein because everything that's out there says carbs are bad so i just assumed that i was going to be on a super low carb diet and that it was going to be rough because people get mean when you take their carbs away yeah um, so i even warned my kids after before you sent me the diet but after i went to see you the first time i said okay guys i'm going on a diet i'm gonna be mean i guarantee it <laughs> <laughs> just the heads up um but i was really surprised that like i eat a lot of carbs um from what i used to do but now i know too like what's okay and what's not okay and i know what i can handle and what i can't like at certain times of the day i'll eat the purple okinawan sweet potatoes over the rice because i know that if i eat the rice i'm gonna feel like I go for the sweet potatoes more in the evening because I don't feel as heavy in the evening. So just little things like that, how I space my meals, the greens that I choose to eat with each one. I, I don't know if that's exactly what you were looking for. No, 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 I'm no, you're good. You're good. But, um, but yeah. And then when I catch myself out and like one time I caught myself out and all the ice in my cooler melted and I didn't have my, I planned, I had my stuff, but I couldn't eat it because we're in Hawaii and it had been in the car and it was gross. And I was at the Alamoana and I asked you like, what can I eat here because I'm starving and I have to eat before I go home. And I was already in Shirakaya, which is like the Asian restaurant downstairs. And I already had in my brain like, okay, grilled chicken and rice is probably what I can eat. And that's what you said. You were like, stick with grilled chicken and rice. Just make sure that they don't like grill it in a bunch of oil. Um, so knowing that I could troubleshoot that myself and still come up with the same answer that you suggested, I thought like, okay, I can... I can do this. Yeah, I want 
I want everybody listening to take in what she just said because that's one way I can tell how serious people are about this stuff because people will be in your situation and not contact me and be like, well, I just did this. And I'm like, dude, you know, that's not the right thing you should have done. You know, that was the worst choice you could have made. And your excuse is, well, I didn't know what to do because I was out here. I didn't have my food. On a, number one, if it's somebody that's been working with me for a while, you know what to get. Like, it, you just have to think outside the box and, and expand your brain for just a split second and figure out, hey, they have some of the same stuff I eat. I just have to order it kind of separate or ask them if they can do it. B, you know that part of this gig that you hired me for is for me to pretty much be on call, so why don't they contact me so I can at least guide them through what they need to do? And so, it, it, you know, when you, when you start messaging me that stuff, that's so I'm like, okay, she's serious about getting this done. This is good. But when people come to me after they work with me and said, hey, I didn't know what to do, I tell them, like, dude, you know I'm here so that I can answer those questions for you. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons why you came to me. So it, just, it's, it just shows um, – and some of it's the whole mindset of, like, trying to defeat the battle in your head of, wanting, of trying to justify eating what you want. And, you know, when you first start, it, you will convince yourself – that it's okay to get this because you didn't have any food and stuff. And the thought of even contacting me won't even come in your head because you haven't been, um, you know, if you just started, you're still kind of in your old habits. But the sooner that you can come to that realization, do the things that you do when you're stuck in those situations, you know, the better off you are. Because it shows that you're wanting or you're really wanting to do this. You're already thinking about how to fix the stuff. It just shows the determination's there. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I think some of it, too, is that I feel like I put in so much work. I mean, going to the gym for an hour, hour and a half a day, like, that's a lot of work that everybody's putting in. So why am I going to go eat a sandwich or something that I know is not going to work for me? And then that just totally, in my brain, that just totally, like, erases out what I just did. So that time was, like, wasted. Yeah if I break the diet because I think that the diet has been the main factor in helping me drop the weight like the weightlifting is toning and I know that it's helping my metabolism and everything but there's no way I would be anywhere close to it if I kept breaking my diet yeah you can't you can't out train a crappy diet now you can you can train and not diet and get better like blood work health your cholesterol stuff can get better and you can yeah. be healthier, but physically getting that body fat off, you can't out train a you can't out train a crappy diet. Yeah, and since that's my goal, I try to stick to the diet as much like I stick to the diet because I don't I don't want to have to start over again. I'm done. I'm yeah. too old to start over again. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, it's um Yeah, after you make a good point, you know, people invest a lot of time and stuff and you want to get it done. And um uh, because after a while that time adds up, next thing you know you're starting over for the third time and putting all this stuff in and you just get to where you don't want to do it anymore. So like the, the quicker the person can get in your mindset, the better off they're going to be. Uh, Mary, do you have anything else? No, that was like the two questions I had to ask. I wanted to ask, I thought of. Uh, if you have, Lindsay, if you have any advice or anything you want to say to someone that is on the fence or thinking about starting some kind of, I guess you could say fat loss transformation or just better health program, dieting, training, that kind of thing. Um, what would be the one piece of advice you would give them? Um, hmm. The one piece of advice I would give them would be to just start and to start 
fresh. Like, don't consider all the other times that you've tried it because if you're still thinking about it, what you tried before didn't work. So don't give up on yourself. Just, just go for it. I mean, that's the hardest part. Starting is the hardest part. The first month is the hardest part. You're going to be tired. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to think you don't have time, but you're like worth it. So put in the time. Okay. Um, yeah, I see. I see. Yeah, you sometimes, um, like I said before, people dwell on their previous failures. They don't try to learn from it, and that can cause them to um, kind of get stuck in a rut. So that's um, and another thing, you like changing the rhythm and trying to change the lifestyle because you do have to. You are a product of the action stuff that you do throughout the day. So if you can't change, I saw a good slogan online the other day. It says, "Nothing changes if nothing changes." Mm, oh, so if you don't if you don't learn to change your lifestyle, change your rhythm, even if it's temporary, you're not going to be a different product that you're wanting to be. You know, you have to envision the version of yourself that you're trying to become, and be like, "What would that person do in this situation?" And that's what you should usually go with. So, all right, real quick before we call it a day, what is I want to know what your favorite diet food is and what the diet food you hate the most. <laughs> um. My favorite diet food is are the purple sweet potatoes. I love the purple sweet potatoes. They're so good because you can cook them so many different ways. You can season them with anything. Yeah. They're just good. Um, the one that I hate the most, well, we don't eat fish in the house. So I would say fish, but that doesn't even count because we've got some allergies in the house. Um, but the one that I get super, super, super bored of is rice. Like, I just get so, really? so, tired, of, <laughs> so tired of eating rice. Man, I can – oh, man. Do you eat I it can't. separate? Do you eat it separate from the protein? Do you, you don't mix it with the protein? No, I mix it with the protein, but I tend to hold a lot of water if I have a lot of sodium. And a lot of the stuff that makes rice taste really good has a lot of sodium. So I try have to say – away from that maybe you guys can give me some pointers i don't know but that brown have rice you uh, have you kept your soda are you are you using brown rice yeah i use brown rice try white jasmine jasmine rice jasmine rice is fine i use it yeah like a chinese rice that you would get say if you eat like a chinese restaurant that's the type of rice that they um use to cook or serve rice with it has a different smell and taste to like the regular cow roast rice or the regular short or medium grain rice. Um, there's like a lot of brands that make jasmine rice that you could cook with and you cook it the same way as you would regular white rice. Um, they also have jasmine brown rice if you want to try it, but uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> if you want to try that, but, yeah. I, I, use, I use jasmine white rice and I'm fine. Okay, honestly, I forgot that white rice was an option because I just started with brown and I just, you know, stuck. Like even now I still get in my rut of like, I'm going to pre-cook all of this and it will be easier. So I'm yeah. Have you tried keeping your sodium consistent? Like you say, when you, when you use it, you put on water, but, um, is your blood pressure better now? Or is it still high? No, my blood pressure is better. Okay, now. so try keeping your sodium consistent because the first couple of days you will put on some water. But what happens is 
there's a hormone in your body called aldosterone, and that's what your body uses to regulate sodium. If you don't have a lot of sodium, aldosterone will go up because it, it's like it's looking for sodium. And then when you decide to put the sodium in, it will store it and you'll end up putting on this water. But if you continuously eat, you don't have to eat a, a I'm not saying eat, eat a shit ton of sodium every day, but if you eat a good, like a normal, consistent amount every day, mm -hmm. your aldosterone will start going down because you're already getting a lot of sodium, so it doesn't have to like go out and hunt for it. Okay. So what happens is your aldosterone lowers, and then any of the excess sodium you eat eventually starts getting flushed out. So you will get, and I've noticed this when I try to sodium load people for contests and stuff, they'll get puffy for like three or four days, and then all the water goes away and it's normal. So what you, what pretty much what you're doing is you're resetting your baseline for sodium. Okay. So, and you need sodium. Sodium, it's an electrolyte. It makes muscles contract. If you go without it, it, it really doesn't feel very good. Um, yeah, just, just use a normal amount on there for a while. And if you get a little watery, it's fine. But give it a few days and it should go away. If it doesn't, if it's there for like a week, then let me know. But if not, it should, it should go, especially if you're drinking plenty of water. Because as long as you're drinking water, you won't, your body won't want to hold it. Okay. Yeah. So try that and see after a few days if it gets better. If not, let me know. And then um, when we can see, we can look at some other things. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. Mary, what's your what's the diet food you hate? <laughs> I, I never I never asked you that like the whole time because me and you eat consistent all the time. But like what? Try chicken breast. Okay, I don't like I don't eat chicken breast by itself, so well, I, I, I get around that. I don't like well, I'm gonna have to eat it with vegetables. It kind of sucks because it tastes like ah. <laughs> Use um, <laughs> like I bake it because I don't um. Ah, I don't like that's pan why. No, well, I don't like to pan fry it because then it'll still get all nasty. I'd rather bake it. Um, I have yet to try and get it to where I had it. Uh. When I first, when I was cooking it in Hawaii, I don't know if, I don't know, people say elevation. I don't know. A thing with baking, and I'm just like, whatever, baking is baking. Um, What's your favorite? But steak and salmon. <laughs> now, have you, tried the, have you tried the air fryer yet? Everybody keeps telling me this air fryer thing will make the tilapia and chicken on it taste better. I haven't oh, bought it yet. You have one? I have one. I love it. I need to I need to get one then. I saw one, I almost bought it the other day. And I heard you can put the tilapia in there and it'll crisp it and actually make it taste good. And if that's the case, I can eat tilapia as long as it's not soggy and because um it sits in a container and it just kinda gets crappy by the time I eat it. So that's probably the one I hate the most besides chicken. But everybody that knows me knows that my favorite's the damn ground turkey with taco seasoning because I eat that all the time. I'll be at work and I'll put it in the microwave and people are like, dude, who's got tacos? I'm like, No, it's not tacos, but I'm pretending it's tacos right now, and it's pretty it's pretty easy for me to eat. So that's probably my favorite. Um, oh, I love I love cauliflower mash. That shit is the bomb. Oh, that looks so gross. <laughs> it's like a baby threw up. It's no, it's not. It, it's just like the consistency and texture is almost just like regular mashed potatoes, but it's cauliflower. It's just slightly watery, but uh, if you add like the seasonings as if you were eating like a loaded potato, it tastes the same. Yeah. Interesting. Except minus the bacon, do bacon salt. Um. <laughs> I, I need some bacon salt. I, I ran out of bacon salt. I need to order some off Amazon. I might do that after Amazon. I this. 
I got some next. Well, I get my next week, but I'm running did you, did you post the link in the Facebook group for that? No, I didn't. I commented Good. on one of the. Yeah, it was me. I asked about it. You told me. Yeah, on the, on the um the sweet potato fries. I had mentioned to put bacon salt on it. Yeah, that I think every bottle is made with magic. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody got anything else? Good. I'm good. Yep. All right, Lizzie. Thank you so much for coming on today and talking about about uh, the transformation, and everything. And I'm looking forward to seeing what more else you can do because, like, the pictures I'm going to post them. And stuff so people at listeners can see them if you don't mind but you can see it's a dramatic change in just what i would consider a short amount of time for that much just the the, the visual changes and um you've done you've done some wonders there you've done really well and i'm, I'm happy and i i'm looking forward to see what else we can get done in the future so there you got anything else i'm good thanks so much Lindsay. all, all right, right guys so all right y'all have a good one i'll see you later all right. bye, bye. bye.